Today is Wednesday, December 7th. The title for our devotional is Jesus, Redeemer. In the first two days of this week, we have explored how Jesus is portrayed typologically as the fulfillment of Israel. He is the Messiah, the long-awaited hope of God's people. His mission and his work was to expand the kingdom of God to people from every tribe, nation, and tongue, and he accomplishes this in the church. His is a cosmic mission of redemption for all creation. Today, let's explore another theme in Matthew's opening to the Gospel of Jesus. Many of us in the modern world often just skip over the genealogy of Matthew chapter 1. I get it. It's boring. However, we must be careful not to miss what Matthew is communicating in this genealogy. We've already explored the primary theme, but within this genealogy, we also see another theme. This is a subcategory underneath the primary theme, but one that deserves its own treatment. The primary theme, remember, is God's election of the people of Israel to be the people through whom he would bring the Messiah. And he does this by entering into a covenant relationship with them and remaining faithful to the terms of his covenant, even when they were not. In remaining faithful to his covenant covenant promises, we see that God is also a redemptive God. He remains faithful to his people, and he redeems them in spite of their many failures and violations of the covenant. We see these themes expressed in the prophecy of Zechariah at the birth of his son, John the Baptist. This is the birth narrative of Jesus from Luke's Gospel, which is by far the most extensive of the four Gospels. Luke 1, 68-75 says, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies, and to enable us to serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. More subtly, we see this in the stories of those in the ancestry of Jesus that Matthew chooses to highlight in his first chapter of his gospel. We will look at two of those stories for the remainder of this week, that'd be tomorrow and Friday. But for the remainder of our time today, let's just focus on the application of this, God's faithful, redeeming love. The people through whom God chose to bring the Messiah were seriously flawed. Even their heroes were seriously flawed. As you read through the stories in the Old Testament, you may be tempted to think, God, when are you going to ditch these people? In spite of their constant failings, however, he never abandons them. He punishes them, as stipulated in the terms of the covenant, by sending them into exile, which Matthew references here, but he never fully abandons them. He doesn't just remain with them as their God, however, he takes it a step further and redeems them. The term redeem means to ransom or set free from slavery. God, in Jesus, redeems his people from their sin. This, the law was powerless to do for the people of Israel. Without Jesus, therefore, we we would be hopelessly enslaved to our sin. But glory to God, he has ransomed us from our sin into righteousness in himself. When we ponder this, we recognize that in spite of the sins of our past, we can be redeemed. Our redemption is not dependent on our righteousness, but on God's mercy and grace. This is good news for sure. Our sins, regardless of how heinous they are, can be washed away in Christ. For many of us, those sins can leave us feeling unworthy of the grace of God. That's the beauty of grace. No one is worthy of it but God gives it anyways. After listing a series of serious sins, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 6, 11, and that is what some of you were, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified 
in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. This genealogy also reveals that the sins of our forefathers don't keep us outside the redemption of God either. Again, some of the names listed here and their stories are stories of quite awful sin. Jesus has redeemed their story as their Messiah. Pete Scazzaro, he always says that Jesus lives in our heart, but Grandpa lives in our bones. The sins of previous generations affect us. Trauma from our early years, patterns of thinking and behavior, and genetic predispositions can leave us feeling hopeless and helpless in our struggle against sin. The story of Jesus' genealogy, however, reveals that even the worst stories can be redeemed. Of course, this doesn't mean that we won't still bear scars and wounds of our personal sin or the sins done to us or even the effects of sin in our genetic code. Although we stand righteous and holy before God, we often will require great care and discipline to experience more of the abundant life that Jesus came to bring us. This will often require things like counseling, self-exploration, scripture reading, meditation, prayer, among many other disciplines to grow in the way of Jesus. Yet there is hope. There is hope in Christ, our great Redeemer, who sets us free. This redemption through Jesus, along with the faithfulness of God we talked about in the last couple of days, give us hope that one day God will fulfill his promise and one day make all things new. This includes us. We can trust that. Though we struggle with our sin now, both our individual sin and the effects of sin in a broken world, God will one day make all the sad things come untrue and fully redeem and restore all creation. In the midst of your struggle with sin and evil now, strengthen your faith and look forward with hope.